listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. There wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Robertson, alongside my soundman extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we've entered back into the studio for episode 259. Welcome back, everyone. What's going on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, yeah, what you been getting into this weekend, this week? Because, uh, yeah, man, I've been watching a ton of stuff. True. I caught um, I caught up to uh, Obi-Wan and uh, uh, Miss Marvel. Pretty nice. Much. Uh, what is that, episode three of Miss Marvel? Yeah. Nice. Uh, Obi-Wan, yeah, so we could start talking about that. The uh, the finale hit, or the, the wrap-up of the finale, part two. And, uh, yeah, uh, it, it wrapped up. It wrapped up. Uh, you know, you had your big fight, you know? Uh, you had your big Vader versus Obi-Wan fight that that that, uh, that came through. It was, it was a decent fight. Uh, what else happened throughout the episode, though? Because this was all just pretty much resolution. From what I saw, um, you know, they, they wrapped up with uh, uh, Leia and and uh, and the senators. They wrapped up with uh, Luke and 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 Owen, and uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, I don't know. I guess this, that was as much resolution as we're gonna see from this part with uh, with Obi Wan and and Anakin or Vader at this point. So yeah, yeah, because. It is just the midpoint to a story that ends much later. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course we we know where this this one wraps up. This uh, this being a, a mid mid story uh, uh, arc that they uh, that they developed with this one. But yeah, you know um, they they did it. I, I don't know. It didn't. I didn't feel too much. I I, I saw the I saw the fanfare they were trying to give out. And uh, I'm pretty sure that that big time Obi Wan fans were probably uh, pleased with it. But yeah, for the most part, I mean, it 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 wrapped up. It was the show overall was pretty mid for me. It didn't it didn't really uh, strike up anything new. I, I wasn't sure if they were going to be using this to kind of make you know other storylines for them to spin off. But yeah, you know, if, I would definitely watch some more about Kumal, <laughs> see his adventures, trying to. Uh, trying to uh make it in the the post empire world but yeah um other than that um i don't know if, if anything else stuck out to you um from episode five there was just the complete and utter disrespect of darth vader that <laughs> yes it would be I, I can't really um not mention anything about that the fact that you know, it's like talking to your DM and be like, yeah, I have this epic backstory where I'm directly related to the most powerful character in the universe, <laughs> and I'm going to infiltrate their ranks and work my way up, and then when I get the chance, I'm going to 1v1 them, and it's going to go down great. And he's like, all right, yeah, sure, cool. And then you get to that point, and you can't get past his AC, and he's just like, stop, <laughs> stop, 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 <laughs> to the point where he, like... You even have like, oh, so I had this legendary weapon with a cool gimmick where it spins and makes it be makes it easier for me to hit. I mean, he's gonna stop your gimmick with one, barely with one hand. He's just gonna thoughts. stop your gimmick. Just thoughts. He's gonna rip your weapon in two and throw down one of them at, at your feet. Like, pick that shit up, pick that shit up. Like, I know. Uh, yeah, that yeah. was that was my favorite part of the entire series was just the utter disrespect of Vader. Like, yo. You're not even worth my lightsaber, bro. Nah. You're not even. I'm not even gonna touch my lightsaber. I'm not gonna block any of your. Sh- it's it's just gonna be just force, one hand, just looking at you. Just you're just gonna feel the the level difference between us right now. This is what I want you to realize <laughs> and internalize. I thought that was, that was that was super epic. Yeah. And I also like her. Um, I like the completion of her arc. I, I was at first, I was a little bit mad. I was like, "What the fuck, nigga?" Like your your takeaway from that was to go murder other younglings. But I did like the fact that she eventually came came to the right decision on her own. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, yeah, so you know, I thought that was really cool. I like I really liked the wrap up of of Reva's story, mm-hmm. and I I really liked that. Um, I really liked that she fell so hard in the end. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it, it was like it it was it was really cool. Um, not only lesson for her character, but also like uh, it was cool uh, a sub story. I, I, I really enjoyed Reva's overall journey. Yeah, if there's anyone who I would like to see as well um, uh, continued on is, uh, to see their adventure, it would be Reva 
because Reva, I think she has more to, I think, do in the in the uh, in the and universe. you don't know her anything about her compared to everybody else. That's probably yeah. the easiest reason why you know everybody mm-hmm. else more or less. You kind of know who That's they true. are. Yeah, but and Reva's what they did. Percent brand new, so. Mm-hmm. Everything about her would be potentially new and interesting. Yeah, that would be. I think that would be a dope story to see as well. I also really like O'Shea, O'Shea Jackson in, in, in Star Wars. That yeah, was really O'Shea cool. definitely came through. His character um, served a lot more um, of a pivotal role than some of the other cameos. You know what I mean? Because he was in like four out of the six episodes. He was definitely like a main uh, a main driving force of uh, what was going on with, when it comes to saving the people with, uh, off of Tatooine. Or was that Tatooine or Andor that that uh that they originally um had to, to get all the people off of? But yeah, nonetheless, he was uh, a major force in the rebel uh the rebel uh the rebel repertoire. But yeah, um yeah, as I said, it wasn't it wasn't bad. I definitely did. it's not like I saw anything that was was offensive. Like I was like ah geez, this is just unentertaining. But uh yeah, just uh I don't know I. I in a lot of the other stories so far, uh, I thought that they did a little bit more to to um, kind of bring more life to to some of the characters. Like there was a few uh, uh, standouts in this one, but I think the supporting cast was a lot weaker in this show than it was in some of the other ones that we've um, that we've seen. But uh, yeah, you know, Ewan McGregor does his thing. I, I kind of wish that um, during the big uh, Obi Wan versus. Uh, uh, Vader fight, they would have they would have shown some other force powers. Like it seems like they feel like the the ultimate expression of force powers is telekinesis, and I'm like, man, there's mad other force powers, bro. There's there's a lot of other stuff that uh that uh Anakin could have um uh, could have displayed, especially given how strong he is in the force. But other such than as. That, uh, there's force lightning. Um, there's the uh, there's definitely um. When it comes to, do we see Vader using a lot of Force lightning? We don't see Vader using a lot of the other uh, of the other powers at all. No, um, in general, um, just yeah, just Force choke and Force pull. Which, yes, those those are pretty much the same powers that um that uh, that uh, Obi Wan was using as well. And so there was no real dichotomy between the 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 powers that were being utilized by the Force and the light side. It was all just you know different variations of telekinesis, which. You know, I guess that's that's the the most prevalent power known uh, to force users. Yeah, I mean, I I've, mm-hmm. I do see what you're saying, but it would have been a little weird for them to start whipping out moves that the two of them are unknown for using. You know what I mean? Well, uh, in terms of uh, force powers, yeah, Obi Wan has never really um uh, descri- uh shown any uh uh you know uh real uh ability to or even desire to use force for for any of its uh other um effects but um yeah i think we've I'm trying to think but it, it's mostly in 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 um probably work, uh like lore works that are no longer part of canon because vader has used other uh force powers because i'm thinking back when he um when uh he was facing off against admiral thrawn uh there were uh, times that he used other uh force powers but i'm trying to think you know, nothing that's actually been in the Disney universe that I've that I've seen where Vader uh, exhibits any of the other force powers. Yeah, I mean, he's got a specialty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I did like that uh, he did the uh, the the little uh, force earthquake thing where he crumbled the ground under him. That was uh, that was a uh, I think a an interesting use of his uh, of his disproportionately strong force powers. But yeah, um, he, as I said, I mean, I. I don't. I know that that there are other things that could have been done, um, but you know I'm not the creative here. You know I'm not the one who who creates those. So I was, I was just kind of hoping to see a little bit, uh, see a little bit more diversity in their their powers. But you know, what are you gonna do? Um, yeah, they they did. They really focused a lot on the the lightsaber dueling, which was cool. Um, but yeah, outside of that, yeah, Obi Wan it, it did its uh its finale thing. Um. Moving on from that, we def- uh did you uh watch Boys this week? Uh I think last episode I saw was episode five. We spoke about episode four and five last week, if I remember correctly. And we have episode six doesn't come out until after until like an hour from now. Yeah. Uh so you did you see Hero Gasm? Uh no, I haven't. Okay. 
Okay, so yeah, there's still one more episode to catch up on before this week's um, which man, I'm I, I love what they're doing with the show. One of the things that I really appreciate about the boys um that you don't get from a lot of other shows is that they managed to work in um all of the contemporary themes in a very entertaining tongue in cheek way. You know what I mean? It's not as forced as as you see uh with a lot of uh, uh, attempts at integrating uh, kind of ideologies that are more contemporary, you know, uh, into uh, into storylines, things like, you know, social justice movements, things of that nature. Um, and it's usually uh, done very ham, uh, ham-handedly. You know, it's just, it's really too, uh, too heavy. But in The Boys, they managed to address it in a in a way that is not just entertaining, but it it, it doesn't take it too seriously, but doesn't dismiss it altogether. Uh, case in point, like dealing with uh, A Train and and Blue Hawk. You know what I mean? That's a that's one where it could be very I think uh, uh, heavy handed in its approach, but I think that it's it's handled in a in a way that's it's it's more um organic. You know what I mean? Like. The especially with the way that uh, uh, when when Blue Hawk is is in the the community center and how it escalates, you know what I mean? Like that's that's something that that is relatable and at the same time it's taken to the next level. You know what I mean? Like when my man is screaming "Soup Lives Matter," I'm just like, ah, oh, he hit him with the "Soup Lives Matter" though, bro. Like, damn. And then for them to uh, do the vault press release and say that it was it was Antifa. It was like, oh, man, like that's that's something that we absolutely see happen all the time in, in contemporary media. But I think it's handled pretty well in the show uh, in the way that it's displayed. And and moreover, um, when uh, when a train attempts to address it with Ashley and she calls him out on, oh, now it's a problem because the people who you love are getting hurt. But what about all the people who you've hurt? That, that you've had Vault cover it up, but you never want us to you never want us to call out the shit that you've done. But now that Blue Hawk has pissed you off, it's an issue, and it really puts it puts him on the spot because A Train is very very, um, he's very judicious about how he tries to to display his outrage. You know what I mean? And some of the stuff that goes on with Vault. And so yeah, dude, I thought that that the show did a good jo- good job of handling that, and that's also something that is brought into the show from. Um, from not from the comic, but from the writer's room. And uh yeah, there's a bunch of other stuff, man. Oh my goodness. Uh Huey is unfortunately giving off bad addict vibes, man. Bad addict vibes. You know, he, he, trying to fall back on on taking the temp V uh because he's claiming that he's just trying to save um Starlight or he just wants to he wants to be the uh the stronger one for once. It, it it sounds real uh, uh, excuse-ish. You know what I mean? Like he's looking for any reason to to continue down this trip that he's having because he's enjoying it. You know, instead of just owning it and saying, it, I, I got to deal with why I enjoy this so much or else <laughs> all of this good that I'm claiming to wanting to be do, uh, to do with, with this 10V is really going to fall by the wayside because in the end, people are just going to get hurt. As long as he's using it at that temp fee, people are going to get hurt. And, you know, that's really what Starlight's trying to get across to him. It's like, I hear you, and it it, it seems noble, but these powers, they never they never end up um, playing out the way that, that, that you want to. You never become a—what is it that uh, Butcher said? Uh, with, with great power comes the, the, the fact that you're going to become a downright cunt in the end. It's like, yo, these powers never result in people becoming better people. They always result in people becoming their worst selves, you know? And so, yeah, watching Huey go down that road is, it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a rough one, but it, I think it's, a, it, it's an interesting storyline for them to, to pursue. So, and yeah, you have, I mean, it's all coming down. It's all going down. You know, the, the finale of this season is going to be one hell of a show because you got Victoria Newland over there with her machinations. Who knows how, you know, what her ultimate goal with Vaught is. You know, you have Homelander and you have uh, uh, Butcher and his plans. So, I don't know. Have you been um, 
do you, do you remember what what happened in those two episodes that you last watched? Uh, yeah, it was just the um, uh, actually kind of vaguely. Those are the ones that I told you last week that I was kind of halfway awake through. Um, so yeah, no, most of it is kind of jumblish. Yeah, so um, it's gonna be interesting, and 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 the whole thing with Kimiko, I'm wondering what's gonna happen with her because I'm still not sure if the the um the power. The depowering that happens when you get hit with um, with Soldier Boy's nuclear blast, if that is a permanent thing or if that's temporary. Spoiler alert! But it's all good. Oh, oh no! I'm. Just... I did not know that what you just said. Oh, but that happened in those two episodes. My oh, bad. Really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well. Um, it's all good. You you spoiled the last episode, anywho. So at this point. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but um, throughout you know they they, they go to release uh, Soldier Boy and. And Kimiko gets hit with his blast, and and it causes her to 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 lose her healing factor and strength for a little while. Yeah, yeah, I do remember yeah. that. I just don't remember the point when they yeah. specifically attributed to the Soldier Boy, and it was directly. Yeah, in the um, in the uh, not the last episode, but the uh, one before last episode, <coughs> she uh, she goes through this little like uh, singing number with uh, with Frenchie, and uh, yeah, uh, I don't know if that was a hallucination or what, but. At the end of it, they uh, she realizes that she can't. She she's not healing from um, uh, from the whole, uh, from the wounds that she's had. And then she tries to pick something up and realizes she doesn't have her super strength. So yeah, going into the whole, uh, that's pretty much the premise of, of French, French and Kimiko right now is they're trying to figure out, you know, what's going on with her. So eventually, we're going to see what ends, uh, what happens with that. But that's going to be uh, a, a very interesting thing because. They, I mean, ultimately, they want to use uh, Soldier Boy as a uh, the ultimate weapon against Homelander, but they need to fi- figure out the parameters of what this is because if they don't manage to kill Homelander or if they don't manage to depower him, it's going to get real ugly for them real quick. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's already gotten ugly. Regardless, you created a second Homelander. Yeah, yeah, and uh, what I'm because you r- couldn't defeat the first one, chuckle, yeah. chuckle, chuckle. <laughs> and so it looks like a Soldier Boy seems pretty, pretty dead set on just uh, killing the members of his old team for betraying him, and then maybe he'll be on uh, uh, on the uh, on the team with the boys. But yeah, trying to control those guys is never a good idea. It, it's rarely ever going to end the way that you want. As that it. is absolutely not why the writers would have brought him back. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, they oh, would if everything's going to go well, back <laughs> just so that he could. Now he's just a working member of the boys. No, nah, that's just going to end horrifically. It's it's just mm. like when you were saying, remember? Oh, oh they're going to have these people with these super advanced technology. Maybe they will save us from our military. And then saves mm. you from that other nigga. For me, it's just like unfortunately, pursuing power to solve problems. Mm. always leaves you in that particular hole. Like, it's you true. need something stronger to de- defeat the latest, strongest thing you just came up with. Yeah, it, seeking power for that for that ends, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's not even a double-edged sword. It's, it's a fallacy. The power, power isn't what you need to solve most of your problems. <laughs> it's not, a, it's not a, an asymmetric power issue that's causing most people's issues. And so, yeah, when you end up seeking those, those powers, and yeah, and, and that's really what Starlight's trying to get across, you know? And, and not for nothing, I got to give it to her. I really enjoy her character. Like, for somebody who, who is just trying to embody just the slightest bit of good <laughs> and how difficult that can be. You know, her journey has been a tough one, man. But yeah, dude, Boys is looking like it's going to square up to be a fucking a banger finale. So I'm looking forward to that, too. Um, I did catch something. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with this, but uh, it was uh, The Man Who Fell to Earth. Sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, it's um, I can't remember the actor's oh. name off the top of my head. Oh, he was in Riddick. Um, uh, Mordo. What's Mordo's name? The actor's name? She would tell age you four. Yes, yes. Oh my goodness, this man's performance in Man to Fel- Who Fell to Earth, amazing, amazing. I really highly recommend checking out that show. Chewie always delivers, man. Yeah, man. And and let me tell you, just the creativity behind this show, I think, was really top notch. Like I didn't, I. I, I definitely came into it not knowing anything, and I was very well served because they they delivered on a storyline that 
that was creative enough to create uh to to generate a a world a parallel world to the one that we live in that is not just believable but also engrossing you know what i mean like it, it's they they're using obvious it's science fiction so there's a lot of obviously faux science involved with it but they managed to integrate it into the uh the general plot and premise really well really well man i mean it's one of the few shows that I think is 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 really pushing the idea of Afrofuturism to uh, a, a different degree, you know. And I I I, I want to say that that it's I I I don't know if they're gonna stick the landing on it, but after their first season, they've absolutely established I think uh, a, a lore and a world worth delving into further. Like I'm definitely looking forward to a second season on that. Um, but yeah, definitely try to catch at least an episode of it and see if it could um, see if it intrigues you because it's worth watching. It's worth watching for sure. But yeah, Man Who Fell to Earth. It's the general premise is is that um, uh, there's a, a an alien who is on Earth and he's attempting to he's attempting to interface with humans on a mission that he believes is to help save the world. And the whole mission and how it evolves and just the, the people he meets and, and the, the, uh, the interplay of all of the, um, the forces that are aware of his presence and oh, just really, really well done. Just I, I would highly recommend it. I don't want to spoil anything on it. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say that if you could ch- catch an episode, I would be definitely look, uh, look forward to, to chatting about your, your opinions on on what they uh what they put together because great show just great show i will say they they they, um oh man i can't once again i forgetting the actor's name but the actor who plays the um um the the female lead's father he has a caribbean accent and it's not a particularly good one but it doesn't destroy the whole show but it does take you a little bit out of the character when you hear him speaking because it's uh it's a bit uh a bit bad but nonetheless outside of that i can't see that i like there's so many great performances in there um from the the uh the main bad guy let me tell you just they know how to make a bad guy do they ever man and they characterize him so well without actually having to like say things about him it's all in his demeanor and his performance you can see the overwhelming um uh the overwhelming, overwhelming malice that he has for the people around him, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really, really powerful performances. Gotta say. And, um, so yeah, definitely that, that one's worth, uh, checking out if you have some time. And, um, I did, uh, start watching, uh, Umbrella Academy season three, which is, uh, it's coming together. It started out real disjointed. It was, it, it was a rough watch in the beginning because, they decided to just kind of like throw you into it. They they weren't gonna go back too much recap, no nothing. They just threw you into it. They didn't explain any of the new characters, no nothing, and just kind of said, "Hey, hope you were still ready for this ride." <laughs> and uh, yeah, for the most part, they wrap up the first episode of season three and really help bring the the watcher back into the story because it, it it's going all all kinds of places. Because as you can imagine, they've already. They've already gone through the time travel uh, 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 um, plot arc. They've gone through the, the the alien plot arc. They've gone through the 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 secret powers uh, arc of Anya. So they 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 definitely had uh, some work to do to bring in uh, to bring about the new storyline that they're establishing. But boy, they they've definitely uh, created another story that that that's looking like it's going to be quite a ride. But uh, yeah, dude, Umbrella Academy season three, real interesting. Um, it's it looks season, uh, episode two. Um, they addressed um, Vanya's transition, which I mean, it was it was kind of quick. She just she got a haircut, or he got a haircut, and or they got a haircut. I'm not sure exactly what pronouns um, they 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 prefer to use, but um, yeah, and then just told everyone that that their name's Victor. So, uh, yeah, addressed, I guess, uh, which I was like, all right, if you guys are going to do it, you know, I, I guess they, they didn't want to do the, the, they didn't want to make it a whole plot arc per se, but they wanted it addressed in some degree. Yeah. Just so, yeah. the roadie way. 
I'm here now. This, yeah. I'm here now. That's it. Let's get over it. Let's move on. Oh yeah, we were called the. I always call it the Aunt Viv away. You know what I mean? Just just a new Aunt Viv. Lights is in and all. Okay, that's what we're doing here. Just move on. Just don't ask no questions. You feel me? But yeah, so um, it's like we're all adults. We know what happened. Let's yeah. <laughs> we don't need to waste fucking film time on this. <laughs> we have an actual story to tell. And honestly, I just can't see that being some like they all have superpowers. You know what I mean? You know, they all are are they're kind of used to the abnormal. So I would be a little bit surprised if like this was like the ground shaking for them. You know what I mean? Their idea of Vanya has had to grow and evolve the whole time because they've always misunderstood Vanya, whether it was misunderstanding um, their gender or misunderstanding their powers or, you know, in general, they're, they're so hope, you know, you'd think that that learning new information about her would be part of the part and parcel to, to the relationship. You know, she's they are a very dynamic character and they're growing and learning about themselves. And at the same time, the people around them are as well. So, yeah. And especially because these are people who have gone through major like time travel and saving the world. You know, I'm, I'm glad to see that that at least her family at large didn't didn't respond in any kind of really odd, obtuse way because it, it just wouldn't have seemed genuine um, at the time. But, yeah. You know, other than that, I wasn't sure how how um, prevalent it was going to be, but yeah, they addressed it. I thought that they addressed it in a in a mindful enough way. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, I'm looking forward to see where the uh, the adventure goes. Man, yo, they made Professor Hargreaves a savage, bro. Because <laughs> uh, uh, pretty much after the the second season, they they go back in time and they encounter him. And my man is such a savage. He was so disappointed in their inability to 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 work as a team that moving forward from the point in which he met them, he he decided he's never going to uh, he's not going to adopt any of those kids again and adopt a whole new batch of kids. So when they went back to the future to try to uh, to get back into the timeline, it was all changed because Hargreaves was like, nah, y'all ain't it. We're going to have to go ahead and just start up a whole new uh, academy called that shit the Sparrow Academy because Umbrella Academy, that shit's a failure. It's like, damn, bro. And so when they encountered themselves in the future, needless to say, he, uh, they had the news broken to them that their father ultimately uh, thought of them as such failures that he didn't want to continue a future with them. I was like, damn, dude. They have to do. They have to put it out there like that. But you know, bad dads are bad dads. They ain't going to stop being bad dads just because uh, you saved the future. Hundred percent of that failure is on him. Yep. <laughs> and so yeah, it's going to be well, interesting. Maybe not hundred percent, but a it's, large portion. Yes, and it's going to be interesting to see because the the Hargreaves uh, that went back into the uh, that that followed the timeline into the future and remade the, uh, the Umbrella Academy into the Sparrow Academy. Now that he's encountered them again. He's starting to have some uh, doubts about whether he uh, did the right thing by by uh, by re- recasting them in his uh, little drama. But nonetheless, it'll be interesting to see where he goes because he, in this timeline, seems to have taken a backseat to the to the Sparrow Academy. But yeah, I'm not I'm not uh, I can't prognosticate too much about what's going to happen. But I'm interested to see it. They've set up a lot of um, interesting plot lines to to. Uh, to explore throughout this season but yeah that was pretty much uh the long of it um what else oh man stranger things i watched stranger things and man that season four banger season they really did a great job getting getting back to the horror roots getting back to the um to the character development that that people had had become so enamored with from the first two seasons like man Stranger Things season four was 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 a banger. I definitely enjoyed that finale. They went they went all in, man. And uh, this was just the first half of of season four, so uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing where um, the the second half of the season goes because they they took it all the way up, man. Man, they I gotta say that uh, Millie Bobby Brown. Um, and a lot of these kids, uh, especially Dustin is one of my favorite characters too. The guy who, uh, the young man who plays Lucas, just amazing performances. They, they really, uh, they took the opportunity that they got from Stranger Things and, and, and grew a lot. And that's, and that's awesome. I really like to see when, when, um, 
actors uh, really really take their their launch and 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 take it uh, full bore. But yeah, dude, Stranger Things is definitely um, another one worth watching. But yeah, moving on from that, that was pretty much the long and short of the entertainment. Not much else entertaining was going on this week because, man, the news was rough. It was a rough news week. It really was. And um, so, yeah, let's just go ahead and jump right on into it, man, because uh, we got more disturbing news coming out of the investigation into the um, the Rob Elementary shooting. And Uvalde police, man, I really, I really don't understand. I, I really don't see how that department moves forward with any kind of public trust anymore. Like, I don't know if that department, like, and, and I'm not sure actually in a contemporary situation, what you do to, to, to get a public safety uh, 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 administration in this town. Because it's coming out now that in the investigation that they were detaining police who were attempting to actually go into the school to, to stop the shooter. Because even based on their training, as said by by um, all of the officials during the investigation, that they had sufficient amount of uh, of police officers to address the the shooting three minutes into their response. Moreover, they claimed that they were waiting for uh, a key to get into the classroom, and the door was unlocked the whole time. And so, the fact that they that even the officers on the the scene who knew that what they were doing was wrong. They were detained. This is indicative of an institutional failure that is ripe, that it, it's not particular to the Uvalde Police Department. This is a situation that pops up in all police departments where someone sees wrongdoing, attempts to address it, and is then detained by their colleagues. This is a, this is a, 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 a type of failure that the institution needs to deal with, but it, it never will. It never will. They've already hired private, um, private uh, uh, lawyers to defend themselves against this as if they have something to stand on, as if they, they literally will not accept any wrongdoing in anything they ever do, even when they're openly and obviously wrong, even when the people who are responsible for telling them that they're wrong, tell them that they're wrong. So, you know, this the you know this issue that is that has been festering throughout police departments you know for decades this is this is a 50 plus year problem that that we've been dealing with um in terms of police uh uh malfeasance and there's no way for the public to to interface with them to to rectify the situation this is what i mean even if even if you believe in a public safety uh uh uh, institution like police the police that we have now do are not structured to provide you the kind of safety that 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 either you want or they claim they are there to provide and and this is a huge problem and then you have people like stacy abrams talking about it's because we don't pay the police enough you know what I mean? And it just blows my fucking mind. You know, like the 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 amount of, of, of malfeasance that the political class in this country exhibits by feeding into this is crazy. Yo, those those police officers, they're not going to magically protect the politicians better. That's the part that that blows my mind is that the politicians are over here being ridiculously negligent of their of their responsibility to do something about this as if the police are somehow going to protect them this is the part that i don't get about the politicians i get why the police they are bad actors but the politicians are feeding into the bad actors as if the bad actors are going to somehow save them from from the poor from the, the the poor behavior that they're enacting on the the people they're supposed to be serving I don't know, man. It, 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 it's, it's a real problem, and, and unfortunately, it makes our politics that much worse when the people who, who we elect or who, who we divest our trust into choose to, to, to partake in this. And, and to what end? To what end? Because the police, police unions don't pay into politicians like that. 
it's not the same thing like how oil companies buy the politicians and so we understand they are and they are acting on behalf of the people who pay them that's not what happens with police unions police unions exercise their power in a much more in a much more heavy-handed way they 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 exercise their power through a bully pulpit you know they they they, they exercise their power by by leveraging their services you know what i mean and so yeah i don't understand how the politicians have come full circle to now protect these people who are not actually protecting anyone you know it, it's 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 a really really weird situation in this country the way that that the politicians interact with police because it's 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 one that that there's no place in this country for the public good you know what i mean like there's no there's no place for the public good on behalf of the politicians and there's no place for the public good on behalf of the police and these are institutions that people rely on you know to to really uh have just the general public's best interest at hand and and it's yeah it, there's i think that this um this uh issue in uvalde has i think brought a lot of this to an head it's brought a lot of it to to the forefront to a place where it can't be ignored the way that it's usually ignored when it's only enacted on the poor when it's only enacted on on, on black people and, and and that's important you know I'm, I'm hoping that that means something to to people because you know to people for people like me it's already been an issue you know but it's obviously not a big enough issue for the majority to get behind and that's what we need we need groundswell of, of people to care because it, it's not a a situation where i think that we're going to get people to vote in or out certain individuals but it's when people at large stop uh partaking in the the the, the overuse of this one institution you know it's going to just take people choosing not to partake in that, which I know is going to be an extremely long and arduous road. But, you know, that's that's the only way that there will be progress, because you won't get progress out of the political scene. You won't get progress from from the municipal scene because city mayors are mostly pretty much captured by police departments. And so, yeah, you know, the, more and more we have to, you know, really point out like these these systems aren't helping the people you know because otherwise they're they're only gonna get worse man and that's the scary part is is that even if left alone they only get worse you know you you only hear worse and worse stories you know and so yeah it's not something that that a a, a passive voice is going to deal with people have to to really start to and uh, uh uh mobilize against these kind of institutions but yeah, there was that going on, and then um, the Supreme Court has made some pretty wild uh, uh, decisions this week. Um, firstly, the Supreme Court has vacated New York's gun laws in an attempt to establish a right to carry as a federal right. Now, listen, I, I've, I've always stated my support for legal gun ownership. I don't believe that we want to, to, to have unabated uh, distribution of, of these weapons throughout society. But in these big metropolitan areas, it is absolutely problematic, absolutely problematic to establish a right to carry. That's not a right. That's, that's a privilege. Carrying a weapon, the idea, first of all, that we want to normalize in this country beyond the Second Amendment, the, uh, the right to carry weapons, is, I think, very dismissive of the amount of gun violence that goes on in this country at large. It's, it's a little bit crazy for them to take that, to take that stance when we're still dealing with the fact that we don't have a police force that can adequately deal with the presence of guns in the in the population right now it's 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 
relatively mad madness to think that we cannot control the guns as it is now. And then the the solution to that is to make 18-year-olds wait a little bit longer to get guns and then establish their right to carry those guns once they get them. That, I, I mean, at some point, this country is going to have to come to grips with the fact that 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 the people who they have elected to uh, to present uh, uh, valid uh, solutions to the problems that they have are incapable, are incapable. But we knew that already because... After the pandemic, lawmakers said we can't make laws without lobbyists, which means that the lobbyists are the ones writing laws and the lobbyists are writing laws for what? The corporations. And so obviously in the current way that the system is set up, the the politicians are are encouraged to make laws that are geared towards benefiting the people who are paying the lobbyists. And so in that environment, we can't expect them to, to, to present us ideas that are going to have legislation that's heart is the regulation of these deadly weapons. Because the people who are paying the lobbyists who write the laws, that's not what they want. And so unless we actually require that our lawmakers, the ones that we elect, actually do their jobs and write these laws and stop outsourcing all of the, the the lawmaking to lobbyists who do not have our best interest in mind, we it'll never it'll never get any better. And and this is the wild part is is that we talking about all of these elected officials and their responsibilities as a legislature, the way that the courts are running right now, it doesn't even matter because they're vacating these laws. You know, and these are this is a, a, a the Supreme Court is a, a slate of unelected judiciary you know they they are not beholden to to any individual when passing these these laws and so it's it's hugely problematic that not only do do we have uh the the legislation that's being geared towards the the best interests of the corporations but then when it comes down to it we have a slate of unelected people who have already been pre-chosen for the fact that they have these beliefs uh, uh, to begin with, you know, it, it creates a system where it's all the song and dance. Everything that's being spoken to uh, about in the media is pretty much song and dance because no one can do anything about what the Supreme Court does. And the legislature has already decided that they are interested more in the corporate well-being than the public well-being. So it, it it's a real it's a real shit show. It's a real shit show. And vacating these laws in New York is a bad fucking idea. It's a bad idea because let me tell you if it's difficult to to possess and own a gun in New York for a reason. And and it's not vacating the 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 state's carry laws is only going to make it harder for whatever whatever public safety uh is happening out there to be enacted you know like and and it's scary because if they can do this in new york they could do this in california and they can do this in 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 states where i mean i would hate to see florida with with laxer gun gun regulation like holy shit like that's gonna be bad that's just gonna that that's going to be bad for the precedent it sets for the for other states. You know, New York being as large as it is, having their gun laws vacated. Oh my goodness! And then and then on top of that, what makes it worse is that of the the obvious increase in violence that will come from proliferating guns throughout the public is only going to encourage them to do what? Get more fucking police. And it's like, man, I. I I can't help but feel like there's a coordinated effort to maintain this police state regardless to how use, useless, it is, useless it is for public safety. And if that's the case, then shit, you know, people need to really take take notice of that because that's why as a, a, a slogan like defund the police is actually super salient. Because if the case is, is that we have police now that are not working, 
the idea that we need to fund the broken cops more is a bad idea. That's not how anything in America works. You know what I mean? Nothing. I don't. I don't know of any industry in this country that shows that sees that it's failing, and then doubles down unless they're doing it for a reason other than making money. And if that's the case, if there is a social interest that they are pushing through police, I think that we should be aware of it, and we should, as as a public, we should move to make sure that whatever social uh, uh, message is being pushed forward is one that we all agree on. And I don't think that that's the case. I think that most people passively uh, engage this this topic. And so when they're told that the answer is more police, they have no ability to to make themselves safe. They have no ability to actually, you know, partake in life with some kind of caution. And so, yeah, they're, they're more than willing to offload that responsibility to this organization, despite the fact that the organization has no interest whatsoever in actually coming through with that promise. And so, yeah, dude, uh, the, uh, the lack, the loosening of gun laws in this country is, is un, it feels like it's part and parcel to a, a desire to keep the, the public in this state of, of unrest you know, like it, 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 it's got to be something other than actual public safety. You know what I mean? Like, I can't imagine what more right to own a gun you need in this country. I, I, it's just, it's wild to me. It's wild to me. And most of what, what, what kind of throws me off even more is the fact that it's, if you're white in this country, it's really not hard to get a, a gun. So their lax, their loosening of gun laws really only only aids minorities and mentally ill people to get guns. That's those are the only two demographics that have difficulty getting guns in this country, and and the mentally ill have a much easier time than a minority getting a gun. As case in point, we can we can see the 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 the, the proof in the pudding on that one. And so yeah, I just. It's it's hard to see where the where the motivations for this are, you know. I can't see as to to who really benefits from this because, like, even the gun lobby, it's like, yo, I'm not exactly sure how much more guns they expect to proliferate. Like they they've pretty much got all the guns out there, you know. I don't. I, I, there's there's more guns than people in this country. So I'm not actually even sure what they what their goal is because they're making all the money, you know. The gun makers can send their guns across, you know, the, uh, the water to wherever war zone that they want. So I'm not exactly sure what the uh, what the, the the ultimate goal of this is um, in terms of the 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 arming of of the public more so than it's already armed. But yeah, that's. That's gonna be one that's gonna um, that's gonna be uh, interesting. And then on, on top of that, they also ruled recently this week that um, Miranda rights, Miranda rights are not con- constitutionally uh, 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 provided to you. So your right to to know uh, you, your right to know your rights, essentially, which is what the Miranda law is, was just repealed. And now. If it's if it's if it's not a constitutional requirement that the police actually inform you of why you're being detained, this is going to create a, a a a situation where, especially I think when it comes to protests and people who encounter police during um, civil disobedience, they're going to get disappeared, you know, and that's going to be that's going to be. A, a, a fucked up situation for a lot of people because if you get disappeared, I think that they can do that for up to 90 days without notifying anyone. The shit that could happen to you in 90 days in police custody is fucking vile, you know? And the fact that the Supreme Court thinks that it's in the best interest of policing to not require them to have to engage you with why they are actually detaining you is fucking wild. Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't, what is the what is the uh uh what is the the goal of this because if if people think that this isn't going to to hit them 
imagine what would be going on right now to January 6th um, um, rioters if the if the government didn't have to to uh, provide them with any information. You know what I mean? Like this is not just something that that will only affect minorities and Democrats. This is something that affects everyone. So I'm not exactly sure who's best. You know what I mean? Like what side is vying for this? You know, because who who's going to who's going to be objectified by this more than the people? You know, like it's going to 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 affect everyone across the board, whether you're a Republican or Democrat whether you're you're pro government or anti government so i'm not exactly sure why uh uh this would be the 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 push um by the supreme court but you know i guess they see themselves as part of a uh of a political elite that is above the people who this would affect you know which is technically true because i mean look at jenny thomas she was involved in the january 6 um um planning and she has yet to come up on any kinds of charges or anything of that nature just because she's Clarence Thomas's wife. And so, yeah, you know, it, it, it sucks because it, it's one thing when you know where the enemy's coming from, you know, you know what their plans of attack are, but they're willing to, to destabilize so many core, core parts of this, this society to maintain a structure that it's hard to see how they in, in the end will benefit from. You know, but yeah, it's the Supreme Court is definitely uh, uh, taking their uh, taking their moves and 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 making making uh, making all of the grand overtures that they were put there to do. You know, uh, when people were complaining about the Supreme Court, this is what they were complaining about. The problem is, is that this is a bipartisan effect. You know, all of the Everybody who's complaining about Supreme Court nominations from Donald Trump failed to acknowledge that he was appointing those Supreme Court uh, nominees at the at the uh, at the behest of also Democratic politicians. He it wasn't like he was destabilizing the the Supreme Court to make it more conservative than it was. Because look at Sotomayor. She supports these fucking decisions all the same way. She thinks that Clarence Thomas is a great judiciary. And she's supposed to be on the liberal side. So the idea that, you know, oh, we were moving the court more conservative is bullshit. They would have done this regardless to who was sitting there. If it was Merrick Garland or any of the other fucking Democratic shills that were were appointed, they would have done the same thing. You know what I mean? And so the problem with the Supreme Court isn't the fact that we've let it get packed. It's always been packed with dickwads. The problem is, is that the Supreme Court should not be overruling the democratically uh, 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 chosen rights that that we have uh, gone through painstaking um, judicial process to to excise from the from the Constitution. We've had to plume the Constitution to figure out what rights exist. And so the idea that now the judiciary is just going to go back and unilaterally take that away. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, and this is not a this is not because we let the ju- the the court get packed. The court would have done this regardless. Sotomayor was on board. Okay? Roberts on board. All of these motherfuckers are on board. So let's stop, you know. Let's stop pretending like, you know, if it wasn't for Amy Coney Barrett and uh, Kavanaugh and the other dickhead that's up there that, that, that Trump, Trump appointed, that they're the ones who are changing the, the, the values of the court. They're not. They're not. You know, they're just willing to actually be the faces of it, while the other uh, Supreme Court justices would rather hide, behind, hide their hands when, they, when, they, when they're part and parcel to a lot of this shitty rulings that come down from the court you know and and the the fact that they can't even criticize each other on on the face of of bad actions it says everything you need to know it says everything you need to know but yeah the supreme court was on a tear this fucking week and uh yeah both of those rulings i think are going to to come down the pipe and be and, and have a lot more negative ramifications um for the future but yeah, moving on from that, there was some interesting things going on um, around the world that I thought definitely are 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 worth uh, pointing out. 
So India right now has been going through a spate of really bad weather. And I only bring that up because one of the main things that comes from uh, uh, long-term inclement weather conditions is agricultural issues. And now with Ukraine um, being in war, Russia uh, being uh, sanctioned largely, and uh, a lot of... um, weather decreasing food production uh throughout africa uh we're going to we're looking at a really bad situation where the world wheat supplies are going to be dwindling a lot of um of agricultural products palm oil things that come out of india are going to they're going to have bad years you know and and these are the kind of things that the media should be paying attention to when they talk about hey what how is this going to affect inflation okay the the weather in India has more to do with inflation than gas prices does, because our gas prices are literally the the result of price gouging. There is there is literally no reason that the price of of crude oil is actually down slightly as uh, compared to last year, but yet we're still paying more and more in gas prices. So the the inflation tied to that is purely American greed. But what we're going to start seeing is is that the inflation at the grocery store is very real. The inflation at the grocery store is going to be very, very real. And that is going to be because of the confluence of how many major food producers are going through like once-in-a-lifetime weather conditions— once in a lifetime um economic conditions once you know we're going to start feeling and and this just shows the 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 utter utter malfeasance of of the the mainstream media in this country is that there's no economics uh uh, uh breakdown on mainstream media that is talking about the different world events that are actually feeding into these things. They're just talking about big, broad generalizations, and these kind of things mislead the American public as to what's going on. It misleads them as to what the actual health of the economy is or what the actual uh, uh, reasons are for why their dollar might not stretch so far in certain places, you know? And that's... that's uh, the lack of a of a of a decent me, uh, mainstream media in this country, I think, is probably one of the biggest problems um, that is exacerbated by the fact that the education is so bad in this country. It, it's bad enough that we don't teach people growing up the 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 things that they need to be able to think critically, but moreover, the the outlets that are designed to help you know. Uh, consume all of this information that is necessary to be a, a, a decent citizen. The the outlets that are that are designed to to inform you have totally obfuscated that responsibility, and 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 worse off have have decided, hey, I'd rather just shovel you shit, you know, I'd rather actually mislead you, because at least if I mislead you, I can then capitalize off of your lack of knowledge. And that shit is that's terrible, man. It's really, really, really um, hurtful to to this country, mainly because it it hurts the the ability to to persist into the future. You know, you can only de-skill so much before you lack the the actual manpower to run the mechanics of your country, and 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 that's kind of what we're experiencing in our political system is that. We have de-skilled politicians in terms of them actually knowing how politics works by allowing them to offload all of their legislative um, um, work to, to lobbyists. We have de-skilled the politicians so much that they can't, they can't run the country. They don't know how to. They're literally incapable of it. We can literally firebomb Congress and nothing would happen. And I'm not saying that we should do that. I'm just saying those people literally have zero effect on the world around them. Zero. And that's and that's a problem. You know, you know, that's 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 one that that's really problematic because a lot of the machinery, quote unquote, of the society that that they're responsible for running ends up, you know, falling by the wayside. And, and that doesn't mean that the 
actual productive end of the society is going to fall apart as well. But we can't organize those things. We can't effectively organize those things without a political system that is at least somewhat functional, you know? And, and you know, there's countries like Israel that are having real fucking problems with this shit. I mean, what are they? I think they're on their fifth election in three years. You know what I mean? And, and that's where we're headed, except we're not just, I mean, I, I'm not sure how many people are in Israel. It's probably about around 10 million people. We're not just 10 million people in a small country. We're 340 some odd million people in a huge country. And so we can't, we can stave off getting to that point where our political system is just completely and, and utterly uh, ineffective. We can stave off the ramifications of that for only but so long. You know, the robustness of this society can only last but so long. And especially when that robustness is created off of lies and, and, and misconceptions. And, and that's the part that, that, that really kind of, it digs me because it, it, it all looks like it's working until it's not. It all looks like it's working until it's not. And a lot of the times, these, you know, we, we see this happen in other countries, but we feel like we're at a place in society where it can never fall back to, 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 to a time in which, you know, we, you know, like we were in, in the 60s, right? Like we could never, we'd never have to revert back to that. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like at least legislatively, they would like to roll it back to that. And once they can do it legislatively, they will they will enact that violently, you know. And I don't know. Maybe that is the goal of proliferating guns throughout the vi- environment, making it so that people can be disappeared, and so that uh, you know, uh, having a, a court that that rules like a dictatorial council. Maybe it is all in, and maybe that's their ultimate goal is to bring us back to to a time. They are conservatives. They they definitely don't want to take us forward to a better time. They want to take us back to a time that they that they thought existed. But I don't know, man. I, I I feel like they can do it if they wanted to. I don't feel like it's impossible. I just don't think that that's a a, a place where they can survive for very long. You know, I, bringing this country back in time. I don't know. I don't think that that's that's I don't think it's going to be a, a fruitful endeavor for them. But I don't know, man. It, there's a lot of there's a lot going on and the re, the only reason why I am not as scared of them achieving the, whatever goal it is that they have is that the, whatever they're doing is ultimately going to be destructive. And for us to move forward from this place where where we are we have to break the system as it is currently. The current system is designed to just to spin ad infinitum. And so the only thing that I could see that 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 keeps me hopeful for the future is the fact that whatever they're doing is guaranteed to break the society. And maybe in that place, we can start to get some headway in building back the institutions that I talk about building back with things that with with, uh, with organizations that actually work and function for the people um, because you know it's really it, it, it's really looking ugly in this country and I mean we looking at places like Colombia right now who just elected a a uh, a genuine left-wing president who whose vice president is a afro latino woman who's really uh, uh, capable and and has shown that that she has the organizational power to help get people to the table you know like you know a place like colombia only has this opportunity because of how destroyed their government was by its ultra conservative right wing fascist so i don't know if if, if that's a, a a good portent for the future um the 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 rising of 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 a left-wing administration in a country like Colombia because let me tell you that is a very powerful force a left-wing government in a country as large as Colombia that is as influential as Colombia that has as many resources and it has the social dynamics of Colombia the thing about uh, about a a 
a positive governmental turn in Colombia is that it could it it has the size and presence to be an example, you know? And so they're going to be under fire. They're going to be under fire. There's nothing there's nothing that the American government or the American clandestine institutions are better at than toppling South American governments right at their 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 high point, you know? So I, I, I definitely hope that that uh, the government now in Colombia right now could could really coalesce to be not perfect. You know, no one is expecting perfection, but I, I'm hoping at very least that that they they can uh, show that there is other ways to do this ways that can that can organize indigenous peoples that can organize urban peoples together in a single country without having to to you know succumb to all the neoliberal corruption that that has been so prevalent throughout all of the developing nations you know and so yeah you know we'll go ahead we'll wrap up on that you know things are looking a little bit bleak you know uh at home things are looking crazy abroad but you know here's the hoping for a better future i hope you guys enjoyed the show if you did, please feel free to subscribe to us on Anchor.fm or on uh, Patreon.com. You could also find us on the social media on Twitter at Korea underscore T or at Home Heron. You could also find me on uh, Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at RicoGVO. And always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn from. Thanks again for joining us and have a great one, guys. Peace out. Take it easy.